Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amazing. Amazing. I got so I got so caught up in the song I forgot I had to come up here. Where I come from, they, they say she can sing. How I many know? She she do a great job, huh? Praise God. I asked her to sing that song because it fits what we're going to teach this morning. Does everybody have their notes? If you don't, the ushers are right there in the aisle. If you don't have notes and you would like some, and I would really encourage you to avail yourself to the notes, the typed notes that we have for those who are new to the church. I say this often for you. If you've never availed yourself to type notes, to fill in blanks and follow along, try it. There's many reasons for that. It keeps you awake, number one. Now, please understand, if you fall asleep, I will call you out. I'll say, hey, you in the blue shirt, wake up. But in all honesty, it helps you to stay focused because just hearing something taught versus hearing and seeing, and not just hearing and seeing, but actually participating, and that'll be the filling in the blanks, uh, it helps you to retain it. And last but not least, you get to take it home. How many know that's always good, right? So if you need, uh, need the notes, go ahead. The ushers are right there. Last call for that. Grab them, and uh, hopefully you'll take them home and go over with your family and your kids. The story behind the song that Sharonica wonderfully sang is a Bible story. It's a true story. That's why I asked her to sing it, and it's an oldie but goodie, and man, it's still anointed. How many believe that, right? And the reason it's anointed is because it's a Bible truth. It's a Bible true story. The background of that song and the true story in the Bible literally is talking about a lady who gave her life to prostitution. But she heard of Jesus and she came to see Jesus and she realized through seeing and hearing Jesus how much he really loved her. And his love expressed to everyone and unconditional as it is she repented of that lifestyle. Now you gotta understand the alabaster box and the perfume as scripture talks about that she broke that box, poured that perfume out on Jesus was right before his crucifixion. But to understand that perfume was very, very expensive. So that kind of give you an idea of the lifestyle that she lived and the wages and the earnings that she gained. And she had to have, listen, she had to have that perfume for her lifestyle. So by her breaking that box and pouring out that very expensive perfume on Jesus was her way, listen, was her way of saying, I receive of your love, Jesus, and I repent of my lifestyle. How many believe that's pretty amazing? But listen to what I just said, because it's important and it's gonna be, it's the catalyst for everything I wanna teach this morning, but it literally is the pillar of this message because she first received of the love of God. Then because of that, she was able to repent. So my heartbeat is this. I wonder how many here this morning, and let me just take a moment just to talk to the Christians for a moment. And those who have yet to receive Jesus, I wanna get a moment to talk to you as well. But for those who've accepted Jesus, 
in my heart I know that some of you are struggling, some of you are in pain in pertaining to your relationship with Jesus and things going on in your life and you struggle with stuff in your life and you struggle with entanglements in your life and just bondage and plain out simple sin in your life you just can't seem to get free from. Let me tell you something, I believe after you hear today's message, God's gonna do something in your heart. Matter of fact, here's one of the main reasons I'm preaching this this morning. How many remember Pastor Don's series he just finished, four parts on miracles? Phenomenal. If you, don't, if you haven't uh, listened to it or, or if you wanna get it, get online, download it, phenomenal. But, but here's the reason I believe I'm preaching this this morning. How many know we sing a song, in fact, they sang it a lot through the series that Pastor Don did on miracles. It talks about a God of miracles. Remember that song? But listen to the next sentence after it says, a God of miracles. It goes on to say, bring your supernatural love. See, there is no miracle without the love of God. Every miracle is built and established and founded on the love of God. Now, I don't know about you, but how many know in this life, you're gonna need a miracle or two or three or four? How, how many wanna help me this morning? How many here have ever needed a miracle? You've ever needed a miracle? How, all right, let me ask this, all hands down. How many right now you need a miracle in your life? Now, I don't mean just your finances fixed or, fixed or a better job. I'm talking about even your marriage restored. Some of you are at the verge of divorce, and I'm telling you, I've preached this before. Listen, you need a miracle. But the basis of that miracle to turn your marriage around, it's got to be founded on the love of God. Because the only reason we reject one another is because we're not founded in the unconditional love of God. But we're gonna help you this morning understand first and foremost how much God loves you. It's the key to Christianity. It's the key to your miracle that you need. How many believe that with me so far? All right, we starting out okay? All right, you ready? Let's go to our notes. Welcome to his love is the title because that is Christianity. For you and I to be able to receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior and to be forgiven of every one of our sins is the greatest miracle ever received. It's the miracle of miracles. And the gospel itself, listen, salvation itself is built and founded and established on the love of God. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall what? Not perish but have everlasting life. The very essence of Christianity, the very essence of what we call biblically salvation is founded on the love of God. How many know if that's the case, everything else is built upon that? Are you with me this morning? Look at this, one of my favorite scriptures. First John chapter four, verse 19. We love him because... See, if you and I are not persuaded and becoming persuaded of his love for us, it's impossible for us to love him back. That's why some of us here this morning are struggling 
in our relationship with the Lord. Because we have yet to become more fully persuaded of how much he really loves us. I know what goes on during worship. I I guarantee it happens. Some of you are looking at uh, Brother Joe over here and Sister Susie over here. And maybe Brother Joe's got his hands lifted up and he's just smiling. And he's just, man, he's enraptured with with praise and worship of unto the Lord and who God is. And you see Sister Susie over here, she's crying. and, and, And you're thinking, I want that. Why can't I enter in? To that. Well, we love him because until you become more fully persuaded and convinced of how much he loves you, you won't listen. And this is my heartbeat, and it, it ought not be. And I believe today that there's going to be much that's going to crumble in your mind and thought like that's wrong, things in your soul that's not right. It's going to begin to leave because we love him because he first loved us, your relationship with the Lord will take on a whole new connotation. Once you become, and listen, just take the step towards becoming more fully persuaded of his love for you, your whole relationship with the Lord will transform. Come on, how many believe that this morning? Four people. We had seven in the first service. So you better up your game. Look at Romans 5, verse 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint. How many glad hope doesn't disappoint? Throughout the miracle series that Pastor Don did, he talked about hope. Hope is intertwined. Hope's the beginning. Hope is the step towards your miracle. It's It's not the finality of your miracle. Faith is the finality of your miracle. Hope steps you towards the want of. Hope steps you towards the want of a move of God, a miracle in your life but it's not the finality of it. Faith is, but I'm gonna show you from scripture after we read verse five of Romans five, the next scripture shows you how faith really works. Are you ready? Now let's look at Romans five, verse five first. It says, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by whom? The Holy Spirit. Turn to the person next to you and say, I knew that. Go ahead, tell them, I knew that. So the key to experiencing not just knowing about, how many tired of just knowing about the things of God and God himself and not experiencing it? Come on, let me see a show of hands. I don't know about you, I'm tired. You know, and let me prove to you what I mean by that. I'm tired of hearing somebody else getting the miracle. Where's mine? And some of you are there this morning. The whole time Pastor Don was doing the series of miracles, he's like, yeah, but I don't know. I know I need a miracle in my life. I know what it is that I need, but... God doing that for me? Because of the stuff I have going on in my life, the things that I do, the fighting that's going on in my home. Let me take a little peek into some of your homes. The stress at home, the tension at home in relationships that you have? Come on now. So you didn't know if some of us peek into your home, do you? Did you know that? You know why? Because every one of us been there. And without a show of hands, I'm sure you want to see that end. How many want to see that end, amen? Here's the key, look at Galatians 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything in we don't really want to get into that. That's Old Testament versus New Testament. And, and all I got to say is all men said amen. But it says, 
But it says, look at this, but faith working through. Oh, come on now. See, you can't get a miracle without faith, but your faith won't work until you're established in God's love for you. See, the more I become persuaded and experiencing God's love for me, the greater my faith works. Because faith is a matter of entrusting somebody, in this case, him. And the more I'm persuaded he loves me, the more I'm persuaded that when I ask him for whatever I ask him for, daddy's already at work getting it done. I don't have to question it because I'm broken. I got parts missing. Are you with me? Every one of us here have come to Christ and will continue to follow Christ broken. Parts missing, so to speak. I know the Bible says we're complete in him, that's talking spiritually, but I know in my mind, I'm not complete in my mind in the renewing of my mind. I still think stuff that's not right. This may shock you, I still do things that wrong, that are wrong. Turn to your neighbor and say, I knew that. Go ahead, tell them. But the more I become persuaded of how much he loves me, I just bring that stuff along and daddy works it all out. Let me say this, this will help. Maybe graphic to some of you, I don't mean it to be, but it'll get the point across. This will help you understand where I'm going with this. If a young lady is fully persuaded and convinced that her daddy loves her, she'll never jump in the back seat of a car with a young man. How many understand that? If you're fully persuaded of daddy's love for you, the stuff that you struggle with, those entanglements and bondages that you struggle with, you won't even want them. The desire for them will deplete. You'll be walking along in your journey with the Lord and all of a sudden you'll look back and go, what happened to all that? It'll fall to the waist. See, because some of you, listen, some of you are trying real hard to free yourself of stuff and you just get worse. Faith works through love. We love him because he, you've got to become more persuaded of his love for you and those things that you desire to do that are wrong, you won't desire them no more because they become replaced for an ultimate desire for him. Does that help this morning? See, that's why some of you struggle in your marriages because you don't like you. And if you don't like you, how are you gonna truly like and love your spouse? It's impossible. Hurt people, hurt people. Broken people break stuff. Number one, go to your notes. God is love. Wow, that's simple, Ken. Yeah, it is. But see, here's the divine, defining force for me, defining, defining moment for me years ago because, and this may be part of your mentality, but because of my experience with people, I knew love as being conditional. 
I knew love as having limits. So I envisioned God possessed love. In other words, I saw this warehouse full of love with Ken's name on it, and the more I continued to struggle in my humanity because that's what we do in our human side, we got stuff that goes on in our human side, but spiritually I was made brand new in Christ. Spiritually in my heart, I wanted to continue to love God, but I had my human side to struggle with, but I envisioned this warehouse full of God's love for me because I envisioned God possessing love. And then as my life continued, I saw the warehouse depleting. And this fear came over me that I was going to run out the love of God. You know why I had that, that realization or that belief? It's because that's what I experienced with other humans. That's what I experienced with other people. Because we all do it in our humanity. We'll put a limit to our love. Oh, I, I know I'm not talking to any of the husbands and wives here today. That's why some of you at the verge of divorce. Because you said, that's it, that's my limit. You crossed the line. I am thankful I am thankful God never drew a line for me. I'm thankful that God said, hey, that's, that's it, you, warehouse is empty. It's impossible because God doesn't possess love. God is love. And if God were to cease loving me or you, he would have to cease to exist. Poof. So what happens and needs to happen, we've got to bring that reality into our relationships with each other. How many know that ain't happening until you're becoming more convinced and persuaded of his love for you? Look at this, 1 John 4, 8. I'll prove it to you. He who does not love does not know God. Boom. But I can't love him till I'm first persuaded that he loves me. Say it. I can't love God till I'm persuaded how much he loves me. Come on now. Letter A, the first person we are to love is ourselves. What? I'll prove it to you. Mark down, Mark chapter 12, 30 through 31. Mark that down, Mark 12, 30 through 31. I'm just gonna quote it. It's the commandments that Jesus gave us, two commandments. How many are thankful that he gave us just two commandments? Aubrey did a great job Wednesday explaining the hundreds and then more, thousand or more laws added under the Old Testament to try to follow, to make God happy. How many are glad any of the lifestyle we have? Thank you, Jesus. Two things he gave us, two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and body. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, I can't love my wife, my kids, you, until I first learn to love me. That's egotistical, I can't believe he just said that. It's Bible. See, I'm responsible with those commandments. How many believe we're responsible with any command? So if I'm responsible with the commandment to love the Lord that God with all my heart, soul, and body and love you, I better go to work to learn to love me. But the only way I can love me 
is if I begin to persuade my mind and my heart how much he loves me first. Woo, come on. Are you with me this morning? See, you, you know why you're quiet? Because you're thinking. And you know why somebody else is quiet? Because you're thinking, what's the next blank? <laughs> See, I watch some of you trying to fill it in before I even get there. Stop that. I do it too, honestly. Letter B. It's important to understand God just doesn't possess love for us. He is love. C. Since his nature is love, he can't, look at this, he cannot cease to love us. I don't care how much you cross that line, God loves you. Now, it'll benefit you to quit crossing the line because that, how many know wages of sin is not good? But the only way, listen to me, I'm telling you, biblically, not my opinion, biblically, the only way to quit crossing that line and be free of those things is faith works through love. His love. Number two, God's love gives. Listen, you need a miracle. What that means is that you need God to give you something that you can't do yourself. Something that's impossible for you is not impossible for God. How many appreciate that? So that tells me whatever impossibility is going on in your life, it's possible for God to turn it around. But faith works through love. John 3.16, we quoted it. For God so loved the world that he gave. Letter A, since his love never ceases, look at this. Since his love never ceases, he never ceases to give to us. You didn't get it. Some of, some of you have fallen asleep. I'm ready to come down and get you right now. Look at this. I'm about ready to jump off the steps. I'm telling you that right now. Since his love never ceases, he never ceases to give to you. Doesn't matter what miracle you may need today, or a miracle, because some of you are sitting probably really pretty right now. Your life's so perfect, you're like, I don't need nothing, I'm so good, tomorrow's coming. I don't mean that to be negative, that's Bible promise. You may wake up tomorrow and need a miracle, and that put that statement back up there. And that statement may be the key for you, that God never ceases to give to you. Why? Because he loves you unconditionally. He has no lines drawn in the sand. Come on. You know what? I'm jumping off the stage. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Some of you are like, come on. Because he's going to need a miracle after he does it. Let's see how much he believes what he preaches. But Pastor Cody Wisdom said, don't do it. Thank you. Cody's over to, Pastor Cody's over to praying for me. Shut up, oh Lord. And then Tammy's like, jump, jump. Come on with it. Come on with it. <laughs> 
Letter B, the gift of redemption keeps on giving forever. Redemption, fancy word, but as Bible, it simply means you've been pardoned. You've been forgiven. You've been delivered. You've been set free. It also means you've been empowered to live victorious. So redemption keeps on giving. Number three, God's love is to be experienced. Long word, big word, but go ahead and write that. Experienced. 1 John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. But the key is at the top of this verse. It says, we have known and believed. See, I can... See, I could probably walk out in the crowd right now and ask somebody, do you believe God loves you? Oh, yeah. Do you believe God loves you? Oh, yeah. Do you believe? Oh, yeah, can I? Ooh, God loves me. And you wake up tomorrow and you're in need of a miracle and the first thought that strikes your mind and begins to plague your mind, it's a big miracle. I don't know if God will do it for me because I know of the stuff in my life. See, some of you during worship, you, you, you want to enter in, but the stuff in your life starts becoming a video playing constantly in your mind. You, you're, you're seeing yourself fighting with your spouse. You're seeing the junk and the, and the sin in your life, and it just keeps playing like a video over and over in your mind, and it keeps you from entering in to his presence. What's the key to racing that video, Ken? You got to become persuaded. He loves you. You think that stuff catches God off guard? I've had people say, why, why when you stand up publicly, you talk about some of the stuff you did in your past? Because it's in the past. I've been forgiven. And he who's forgiven much gets real excited about Jesus. And it's a tool to help you. I was messed up messed up but God's love not only forgave me delivered me how many know there's a difference A proof that we're experiencing God's love now here's the proof because some of you say well how do I know how do I go from knowing to believing well there's going to be some kind of fruit there's going to be a result of you experiencing God's love. And this is the result. Proof that we're experiencing God's love is we're changing. Wow. That, that means the knucklehead stuff you once did, talking to the guys, the knucklehead stuff you once did, you do no more because you know God loves you and you don't want to do that stuff no more. So that means you wake up one day and you're loving your spouse and the love of God, like, yeah, I'm starting to do a little dance. Like you... <laughs> Ooh. And, and you love, come right past it no more. Am I doing good? It's the truth though. And you'll be loving her. She'll be like, what happened to that rascal? What, what, what? I realize God loves me, honey. Unconditionally. Therefore, I take all limits off of you. Four people got that. Where were the rest of you? Take off all limits. But you can't do that till you convince God's taken off all limits from you. (sighs) 
B, if we're changing, that proves we're abiding in him, according to John 15, Gospel of John chapter 15, but you can't abide in him until you realize he first loves you. Because we love him because he, come on, say it. We love him because he, one more time, we love him because he, see some of you are trying to love God in all the wrong ways. Just like the young lady that jumps in the back seat of the car, that young man, she, she, she's expressing love in all the wrong ways. You're trying to love God by doing yourself good and I'm gonna memorize the whole, whole New Testament and man, I'm gonna quote scripture like nobody, I'm gonna beat Aunt Betsy in a, in a scripture war and I'm gonna show up at church more than anybody else and every opportunity to serve. I'm gonna serve in Children's Church every single Sunday. Now I know, Pastor Trisha's like, that's okay. But she knows and I know and you know that ain't right. Thank you for your heart and your willingness, but check your motives. Why do we do some of the things we do in the name of the Lord? Is it trying to crack a smile off God? Remember, we can't grow change without abiding in him, and we can't abide in him without believing and knowing his love, period. Let's go to number four. God's love delivers us from fear. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness, look at this, boldness, in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Some marriages struggle, some families are dysfunctional because it's based on fear. You know what insecurity is based on? Fear. I remember when we were first married, Missy, if she brought up anything, any flaw in my life, woo! I'm glad you find that funny, Tim. I got you. It is funny now. It wasn't funny then. Right, honey? Seriously. I would go off in a rage because this fear, <gasps> she's bringing up something I'm doing wrong. And if I'm doing wrong, that makes me less of a person. How many know not good? You can't build anything, let alone a relationship and a quality marriage or any relationship or anything on fear. Letter A, there's no flaw in God's love. Okay, so if there's no flaw in God's love, that means with your flaws, you can build a great marriage and great relationships. In spite of your flaws, if God's love is flawless and you try to build everything you do on his love, woo! How many of you gonna make it? And not only are you gonna make it, you're gonna be successful. See, I can't go into my marriage on my flaws, based on my flaws. She knows my flaws, I know my flaws, all my kids know my flaws, and my dogs know my flaws. But I can't focus on my flaws. I've gotta focus on him, because he loves me flawlessly. I don't know if I can say that any more simple. Amen? B, knowing God's love produces a confidence and a courage to abide in him. Lord, help me, because man, I, uh, 
I could preach that for an hour. No, look at letter B again. Knowing God's love produces a confidence and a courage to see I can abide in God in spite of my flaws. Why? Because he flawlessly loves me. He has no line drawn. Come on, Ken, bring it all. There's no line, just bring it. And every step I take towards Jesus, there is no line, so I might as well just keep stepping. That's it, I'm jumping, Timmy. (laughs) See, the flawlessness of God's love for us is proven by the fact that we're made in his image. Matter of fact, if you jump back up those verses, 1 John 4, 17 through 19, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, mark that. I know right now your mind, some of our minds are going tilt because that's the first time you read that in the Bible, but understand, as he is, as God the Father loves Jesus, you're made in his image. As Jesus is, so are you, and you're like, that, that, your mind's going, some of you, your mind's going tilt because you're like, I know the stuff in my life, there's no way. Yeah. In God's mind, as Jesus is, turn to person next to say, you are it. Go ahead, tell them. D, fear equals dread. If you're not convinced of the love of God, you will have a fear of God, and if you have a fear of God, you will dread his presence at times, if not all the time. That's why some of you keep backsliding. It's a biblical term, it's a word that's in the Bible. Backsliding simply means you keep turning your back on Jesus, and when we give the altar call for you to come back home to your first love, you're one of the ones raising your hand constantly. It's because you have yet become persuaded of his love for you. If you become persuaded of his love for you, you'll quit turning your back on Jesus because there's no reason to turn your back on somebody who flawlessly loves you. In spite of your flaws, your flaws are keeping you from your first love. You keep basing his love on whether you have flaws or no flaws. Today's a good day, Jesus loves me because I didn't have no flaws. Tomorrow, I don't know. I'm having way too much fun, I'm sorry. I don't mean to belittle what some of you are going through. Been there, done it. Therefore, if we know his love for us, we will never dread his presence. E. Fear quenches all passion. Did you get that? Fear quenches all passion. That's why you see people passionately worshiping the Lord and you can't enter in like they are because fear, the wrong kind of fear, dreadfulness of God because of your flaws is keeping you from entering in. Number five, God's love prospers all relationships. We already talked about some of your home life, but how many know that's true? Notice the word all. Letter A, the first relationship his love prospers is ours with him. One of the first things that Melissa and I do when people come to us about their marriage is we discuss their relationship with Jesus. Remember, to love others is a command, not a suggestion. We talked about how to fulfill that. Become persuaded and convinced of his love for you. You'll love yourself and you'll be able to love others. Remember, to love others is a command, not a suggestion. And then think on this. Dysfunctional relationships are attributed to a lack of experiencing God's love. 
If your home life is dysfunctional right now, I'm talking in a disarray, hurtful, painful, tension-filled, the love of God is the missing component. Bring the love of God into your home, but the only way you can do that is through you. Through you. Six, God's love gives us access to his power. Everybody likes power. I'll prove it to you. When you go home and you flip that switch, how many are glad the light goes on? You love power. Man, more horsepower, the better. Right? Romans 1, 16 through 17, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is unto what? Salvation isn't just the forgiveness of your sins. When you need a miracle, you need salvation at that moment. The gospel is power, and the reason it's power because it's the flawlessness of God's love. There's no hindrances to it. Think about that. There's no hindrance to the love of God. Nothing hinders the love of God, not even your stuff. Oh. A, without God's power, there is no redemption. B, no redemption, no transformation or change. Final thoughts. I'm gonna give these really quick. I just want you to have the blanks because we're out of time. Here we go. Final thoughts. Remember, to become righteous, it must be by faith. To become righteous, it must be by faith. Think on this. Faith can be defined as a personal trust and a confident surrender. Matter of fact, these are some that you can put on your mirror in the bathroom, talk about these as a family, get these quotes onto an index card or something, learn them, memorize them. Next one, remember, through faith, though faith is a major component, love is the component of all other aspects of righteousness. It's the key, it's the foundation. Think on this, religious actions do nothing to assist us in knowing God. You can burn as many candles as you want. Your home will smell good if you get those smelly ones, you know what I'm talking about? But you can do all the religious acts that you can think of. You can pray to your knee, on your knees until your knees hurt. That is not gonna move God. It's faith that works through love. Remember, there is no systematic action that makes us approved by God. Nothing you can do, you're already approved. Why, because he is love. Last one, think on this. Systematic religious motives are a poor source to knowing God. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.